Brandon versus Potter, first to 10. Gundam. 400. Gundam. He's cold, baby. Philly, where you at? Oh, he's so Pringles. Where your curly mustache at? This segment of Gundam at MAHQ is brought to you by GoDaddy.com. All right, everyone, welcome to Gundam at MAHQ, live again from YasumiCon 2009 at uh, FIU in Miami, Florida. Yay, Miami. Yay, Miami. So uh, last time we did a live Gundam was at uh, J-Con in Orlando, although that was in a hotel room. So last time we had a uh, big audience was at MegaCon in Orlando. So it's nice to uh, have a panel with an audience and uh, talk about some stuff. So uh, guys, introduce yourselves. Who who are we here today? I'm Chris, by the way. and I'm Dale. Uh, Neo. And Sobro Ryu. All right. And... uh, for all of our um, audience members who are here, you heard me talk about it before the show, but at the end of the show, we'll be giving away a VIP prize pack with um, T-shirt, uh, DVD, pass to all YasumiCon events right up front. We'll also be giving away some uh, movie passes so and a pen. So stick around for the end of the show to um, win those prizes. Right now, we're going to be launching into uh, our topics of discussion. We're going to be hitting three topics, and at the end of each topic, we'll take um, questions from the audience. So first, uh, Solbro, we're going to be doing Gundam 30th Anniversary. Yes, indeed. All right. So where to begin? At the beginning? No. no. Uh, so <laughs> if you all like Gundam, which uh, I can see quite a few of you do since you're sitting here and you have Gundam model kits unless you just buy model kits for things that you hate and it does happen believe me Uh, then you know that 2009 is the 30th anniversary of Gundam Uh, there's been a lot of um, projects I've been working on in Japan you might have seen on the internet the uh, life-size 1-1 scale Gundam that's uh, on display now in Japan that's part of the um, 30th anniversary they're having a whole bunch of festivals in Japan um they did a special re-release of all of the Gundam movies at a cheap price, even for Japan, cheap. And um, there's some video games coming out for the PS3. There's new manga. And, of course, at the end of the year, the anime adaptation of the uh, novel series Gundam Unicorn. So, gentlemen, uh, starting with uh, Solbro, why don't we uh, share some thoughts about uh, the 30th anniversary? We talked about this at Megacon, but uh, obviously we didn't know as much as we do now. So, plus now, now that the 30th anniversary has passed, it's um, it, it's it was a long time coming. I, I I'm I'm quite amazed. 30 years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, it's it's as old as I am. So uh, you know, it's it's weird to. I didn't grow up with Gundam, but it must have, it must be a real significant thing in Japan especially for the generation that got to watch the show and all the other incarnations of it. Um, I, I congratulate uh, Gundam for making it this far. It, to me, is a viable franchise like Star Wars or Star Trek. Um, granted, they all have their own, you know, their own differences, but for the most part, I think it's on that level with all the different series and all the different takes on it. And um, I'm, quite, I'm, quite, um, I'm looking forward to what they have next um, coming out, like Unicorn and 
the Gundam Double O movie and, and the other projects they've announced, and um, looking to see how it turns out. But um, Neo, any thoughts? Well, um, the last time that we spoke about this, we were kind of uh, teased with the, the screenshots of that PS3 game, thinking that that was going to be a new anime. What was it, the Double O one? Yeah. Because, you know, to our credit, you know, what were we supposed to do since they were showing off anime character designs and yeah. screenshots of anime cutscenes rather than actual gameplay? So yeah. everyone was thrown for a loop with that one. Um, I mean, it's um, you know anything that makes it up to thirty years, any type of franchise, it's a that's a big achievement. Um, you know, it seems that there is a concerted effort now to not only take it with uh, you know as big as it is in Japan, but also kind of take it more globally. It looks like uh, Gundam Double O. Um, you know, it's been very popular. It looks like it's starting to get some cross, um, cross, crossover appeal. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm in the same boat. I mean, I'm, I'm looking to see what they're going to do with Unicorn. Um, unlike some people, I don't have thoughts either way. I don't, wish, I don't know if it's going to be good. I don't know if it's going to be bad. So I'm just going to wait and see. Um, you know, in terms of the games and stuff, I don't even know if we're going to get some of those. Probably not. We'll probably get one, one crappy or two. game. Yeah, the worst Maybe one. Dynasty Warriors Gundam 3. Oh, since you know that's going to be announced. Wash, rinse, repeat. There's a reason why I stopped playing Dynasty Warriors. I used to love it, but there's a reason why I stopped playing it. Because it's the same game over and over and over Jeez. again. <laughs> but, How um, many Zakus can you kill before it gets boring? <laughs> Thousands and thousands. I mean, and thousands. How many of this? How many of the same? Uh, you know, Rambaralisms. Can you hear again? <laughs> this is no Zaku <laughs> boy. Or, fight me, boy. Fight me. What did he say in uh, Federation versus? He sounded like he said something that sounded like really perverted. Like you excite me, boy. Yeah, it was something like that. It, it I can't. Was, I haven't played Federation vs. Zeon in a long time, but it was something. It was something really bad, like yeah, that. Yeah, something really odd and kind of pedophilic, I think. Um, <laughs> but um, you know, pedophiles it, and Gundam go hand in hand. <laughs> Sometimes, sadly. <laughs> exactly. Um, but, you know, I'm excited. Uh, hopefully, uh, Bandai doesn't, uh, they do a better job of maybe, you know, continuing the success. Um, I think there's, you know, a, a renewed interest. I'm also seeing that they're, you know, uh, with some things in, especially like car designs coming out of Japan. I know things within the, the new Evo and the GTR and stuff, they, um, you know, they're infusing a lot of that. So it seems like, and that's actually being referenced in, you know, American car magazines. So it's like, it, you know, it's, it's kind of a cool thing. And then, like you said, the 60 meter tall, um, or 60 foot tall, um, <laughs> not 60 art, meter. I know. That's like, that's like, like a day on or something. Yeah, sorry. Um, but that, that was pretty cool. Cause you see that all over the place and anybody that hasn't seen it, there's some really cool pictures of it at night. It looks really menacing at night. It's kind of creepy when, when you see its head moving and yeah, all yeah. you see is the glowing eyes and it makes the actual sound effects yeah, as it moves really, its head really cool. and like the steam comes out of its chest vents. Yeah. But that's pretty much my thought. What about you, uh, Dale? Yeah. Since we started MHQ.net almost 10 years ago, I just remember how hard it was to find Gundam releases just to watch. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we had to scrape around. Just the awareness in the U.S. in the past five to 10 years is kind of amazing to see. Yeah, 10 years ago, if, if none of you were anime fans in our audience, uh, this was the old man's days of um, 
anime where all you could find in a store was um, dubbed videotapes of usually just like Wicked the most ultra violent crap ever, like uh, Wicked City, Fist Ninja, North Star, Ninja Resurrection, Wicked City, Demon City, Shinjuku, Yugosuke uh, Doji, M- MD <laughs> Geist. You know, that's like, oh, dude, you know, look at this guy, like ripping this guy's head off. That's like the only stuff you could buy, and you had to pay like twenty bucks for a dub tape and thirty bucks for a sub tape, and your selection was really, really small. And if you hunted around at comic shops. You could find VHS fan sub tapes that were like eighth generation with like jaggedy lines and like purple discolorations and really unreadable fan subs. And it was really, <laughs> really not a good time to be an anime fan. So, the first, the first way I saw Akira. All the good old days. So, finding Gundam was a matter of like what random tape could you find of, say, like Zeta Gundam. I remember or, Zeta, the first 16 episodes, you could barely make out the subtitles. Yeah, it's for like the it review. was, it, everything was so pixelated that you could barely see what was going on, and it was horrible, but you were happy for it because dad. So, that's, this is my, in, in your day, Sonny, we had to go 20 miles in the snow to go to school story. <laughs> Thankfully, things are a lot different now through the internet, through DVDs, through streaming services like, uh, um, Hulu and uh, Crunchyroll and all these other places. So, um, what was that last one after Hulu? Uh, I forgot. Uh. So since we mentioned Unicorn, why don't we uh, go into some more detail about Unicorn? Uh, why don't we throw the ball over at uh, Solbro? Well, um, Your thoughts on Unicorn, <laughs> what I having not seen it or read it. At all, my initial thoughts. Um, it would be the greatest ever. Uh, yeah, exactly. As in like straight out of your ass thoughts. <laughs> As it is with all of us anime fans. Well, I'm 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 really excited about the fact that it takes place in Universal Century, the original um, universe for Gundam. So um, it's a nice it's a nice return to that. It takes place in a period we know nothing about. What happened between you know Char's counterattack and Victory Gun? <laughs> oh, that's sorry, um, Gundam F91. But <laughs> awesome. We just got a cat. We just walked in here dressed as a Gundam. That's cool. <laughs> Word of <laughs> with a beam saber. No way. But uh, <laughs> we've just been joined by a Gurren Lagann and a, a Gundam with. <laughs> Zambot. Yeah. Yeah. Zambot I'm sorry. He is Zambot. It was. It was. It was. It was. It was the headpiece that had that had me off. And then there's a. Where did Tomino? There's a Gundam with a with a scarf and a hat. He's gun. Okay, it's Gundam Rider. But, looks like, uh, it looks like Professor Gundam. I, I apologize to any Zambot 3 fans that have been offended. Do you dock with a Volvo station wagon outside? <laughs> well, welcome, gentlemen. Um, but yeah, Can you, you sit down? <laughs> you sure? You're, You're okay? all right. That is an endeavor all by itself. <laughs> so, uh, Solbro, continue with uh, your thoughts on Unicorn. Well, um, Gundam Unicorn, I, I, I just, I'm looking forward to seeing... These new characters and the chance of seeing old characters make cameos and whatnot, and um, don't know if that's going to happen. But for the most part, it, lo- it seems like an exciting prospect, and I would like to see um, how it goes down. Neil, um, like I said earlier, I mean, I, I I'm just going to be open-minded about it. Uh, I've seen some scans and some of the you know some stuff with the mangas and all that. Um, you know, kind of in the same aspect. It's nice to see them go back to Universal Century. Um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how they use all the typical Gundam stere- uh, character stereotypes again. And I'm sure, um, what is it, Akeda is going to be voicing full frontal. So I can see that coming. But um, other than that, just an open mind. I just hope, um, I just hope what they do is just 
a good story, you know, not like Destiny. Um, so, I don't know if you have anything to say, Dale, about Unicorn. Well, actually, an aside, uh, if you want to see Tamino and see him talk about the future of the franchise, he's actually going to be in New York later this year. He doesn't come to the U.S. that often, so it might be worth a trip. Yeah, so if you're going to the uh, New York Anime Fest, you can find the creator of Gundam there. Actually, I believe it's New York Comic Con. Is it Comic Con? That's going to be. Yeah, it's actually going to be, I think, in October of this year, rescheduled from when it was last time. So ask ask the bald wizard strange questions, and he'll give you strange answers. Or smash your model kits. Or smash your model kits. If you ask him to sign them. If someone listening can score us an interview with Tomino, I'd be eternally grateful. There's, yes, please. There's a well-known uh, urban legend. There's a zillion urban legends about Tomino. One of them was that a fan at a convention uh, asked him in the 90s uh, when the next Gundam series would be. And reportedly, uh, Tomino took said model kit, threw it on the ground, smashed it to pieces, and says, there, there's your next Gundam series. Ooh. I don't know what it was. I don't even know if this ever happened, so that's why I label it as just an urban legend. Believe it. You know, given given if given the way the he, internet, given the way true. he was in the '90s as Kill 'Em All Tamino, I would not put it past him to do something like that. But you never know. So, uh, thing about Unicorn, if you don't know anything about it, uh, it's an eight volume novel series that's been serialized for the last few years. It's got a gazillion uh, model kits for it. Uh, the Gundam Unicorn itself, the Sazabi-ish Sinanju, um, a lot of um, updates of old kits that showed up in uh, Zeta, Double Zeta, Shard's Counterattack, um, some new designs that are sort of in the vein of that mobile suit design style. And it's set three years after Shard's Counterattack. And uh, you got, of course, a teenage hero who ends up in a Gundam. Big surprise there. This is Universal Century, after all. And it's kind of historic because this is the first time in the 30-year history of Gundam that a Gundam anime production is being adapted from another source. Because up to now, all the Gundam TV, anime, movies, OAVs have all been original productions. You know, it's very common in Japan that you have anime adapted from novels like, say, Vampire Hunter D, or from manga, like, you know, One Piece or Dragon Ball, and that's very, very common, but with Gundam, for whatever reason, in 30 years, they've never done this, so I guess the 30th anniversary is the place to start. But uh, my one comment on Unicorn, which is the same as when we discussed it earlier on the show when it was announced, is that when it comes to Gundam side stories, the popularity of a side story is inversely proportional to how available it is. So the rarer something is, the better people seem to think it is. I don't know why this is. For many years, uh, Crossbone Gun on the manga was unavailable, and people would talk about it like it was the best thing ever, even though they never read it. Uh, Unicorn, of course, has not been translated, and it's a novel. It's not a manga, so there's no scanlators doing it. And people think that it's amazing just because it's set in Universal Century. It has characters like Bright Noah. It has a masked guy in a red suit. So what I would say is I would just wait to see what the actual story is because while it sounds interesting, you know, there's no point in declaring something is the best thing ever when you haven't seen it yet. I don't know why people do that. It's got all the ingredients, but how does it taste? Exactly. (laughs) So one question I would pose to you guys is um, would you say that with this new series that they're trying to target that old, old school audience? Because if you notice the character designs especially, which have been redesigned from the novel illustrations, they're really going for characters that look like they could have been in Zeta or Double Zeta. 
So do you think they're going deliberately after that older audience rather than, say, a younger audience like with Seed and Double O? Probably. I mean, I don't know what the attitudes towards Universal Century are in uh, Japan. I know they're, you know, it's it's ranked very highly up there. Um, well, these days, the Universal Century stuff that comes out, like Igloo, that's targeted towards, like, the hardcore, like, yeah. guys who are salarymen now who grew up as kids watching it's hard to say i mean you know the look is one thing it's going to be it's going to be how they do the story and you know the you know the adjoining things i mean they might be trying to attract the older watcher in by showing the you know the visual way but then maybe trying to kind of guiding them into the newer storytelling that they've done with like a double o and stuff so i don't know i mean i'm i'm not in their head so i I couldn't tell you but i mean i'm sure they do don't let that stop you from speculating it's the uh it's the, um, you know, it's the probably a little bit of the nostalgia. You know, you're going to have that anyways. I, I think it actually has crossover potential because you have a young protagonist set in the, U, the UC um, universe. So, you know, it's going to pull in the older crowd regardless. But, I mean, if you introduce enough, you know, enough energy and, you know, a, a, enough appeal for the younger viewers, you know, they're going to tune in. And it's going to be a bonus for anybody who's grown up watching UC because you're going to see a lot of things you've already been exposed to be revived in this series. So I honestly think there's crossover potential for the double O viewership. And, and for, I mean, I think the way they're approaching this is I don't think you have to know a lot about Universal Century to get into it. I think that'd be the smart way for them to do it. And if anything you do need to know, maybe they'll explain it in brief in the show. But I, it's me speculating. So Hopefully. I, yeah. So in case you all like, don't know, you can... Do the first episode of Double Zeta all over again? <laughs> you, can, uh, you can enjoy the, uh, the misadventures of Banagher Lynx. Yes, that's his name. Oh. Um, because Sunrise is planning a simultaneous worldwide release for Unicorn. Uh, we don't know exactly what that means, but uh, there's been a recent trend in anime to um, have it right as it airs in Japan be streaming here in America. They've been doing that with um, Fullmetal Alchemist. Uh, they were doing that with One Piece for one episode until uh, someone ripped it and uh, Funimation took it down. Oh. So sad, but hey, what can you do? So by the end of the year, you'll you'll be seeing more of Unicorn. We don't know yet whether it's going to be a movie, an OAV, a TV series, so anything could happen. I would watch uh, the end of this month. Usually is when Bandai announces uh, stuff if it's going to be a TV. So who knows? And at this point... Um, I'm going to turn the mic to the audience if anyone has any questions about anything relating to Gundam, the 30th anniversary, Unicorn. Just uh, raise your hand and I'll bring a mic to you. I'm going to go... we got some walking to do. Ask one of our haters. Run, run. Or even uh, the upcoming Double O movie. That's also part of the, the 30th anniversary. Yes. Okay, what's your name? Joshua. Okay, Joshua, what's your question? Why the fuck did they use a unicorn? <laughs> okay, um... I'll start with this one since I'm up here, and then if you guys want to throw in anything, uh, feel free to. All right. Okay. Uh, it's, it's, it's a gimmick because uh, it looks kind of like a GM with a giant horn when it's in uh, under unicorn mode. And then when it transforms into destroy mode, uh, the unicorn horn actually turns into the Gundam V-Fin. And all of these joints pop out, and it glows red and, and evil-looking and... Um, yeah, so the unicorn horn is part of the uh, the Gundam gimmick. You guys want to throw in anything, or <laughs> that's basically it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, well, there you on, go. On top of that, it was, I think it's a neat way to incorporate UC into the title. 
So, I mean, I think it was just a little wow, thing for them really to do. Wow, looking so, into it there. I know, I'm digging into crates. What can I say? Okay, we have a question from Zambot. Uh, what's your name, Zambot? I'm um, Jesse. What's your question? Um, well, you, last year you were here, promised that Double O would be great, and you'd give me a money-back guarantee on that. Yeah. I definitely want my money back. You don't like oh, it? Damn. Tell me, tell me damn. about it. Tell, tell me, well, hold on. Get, 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 hey, hey, give him three hey, points. Austin's not, even, money. Austin's not even here yet, and the hate yeah. is coming yeah. out. So well, now that you've brought up this subject, what didn't you like about Double O? The problem with it is, is it was Gundam Wing, which was already really, really bad, with very, very likable bad guys. But the problem is in second season, <laughs> just be like, screw it, let's just make Gundam Wing bad guys again. And then they were like, the show went from... I was completely cheering from the bad guys, and I knew they were going to lose, but I was hoping something happened All right. to just, just pretty boys running around with Gundams and just keep upgrading Gundams, and that just annoys the hell out of me. And, and, this, and you find this worse than, say, Destiny? Oh, no, no, no. Destiny is much, much worse. Like, oh, Seed, <laughs> all that stuff is much, much worse. But so, hold on. I really did not like Double O. So okay, you- so I think you guys should uh, take it outside and, and see who wins, uh, Solbro or Zambot 3. So, so what, what, what money do you want back? All the, uh, the bandwidth that you spent downloading it? Or? <laughs> how, I got some pocket lint. How, how, do we quant- I mean, how do we quantify your misery and your dissatisfaction? Yeah, or pain and suffering. Punitive I, I, I've, got, I've got some pocket lint if you want it. <laughs> I'm, I'm just kidding. But, um, I mean... I guess it's not Come for on, everybody. Come on, Solro, work yourself out of this one because I, I do remember what he said. And I think it had a lot more soul than Gundam Wing, quite honestly. And I think there was a lot more depth to the story, even in season two, than Gundam Wing. Um, you may have looked at it as Pretty Boys, and that's, that kind of turned me off on the series at first when I saw screenshots and whatnot of it. But getting into the show and you having a lead like no other Gundam series. I mean, you can say that he's teenage like hero. Pilot. You can say, okay, teenage pilot. But I'm talking about Hank the fact Sheridan. that he was he was he had no complaints about what he was doing. No, you know, no, you know, no regrets. Yeah, you know, he was he he felt completely justified. Are, are you in what watching he was doing. the same show? He regretted killing his parents. Well, okay, I'm talking about when he became a Gundam pilot. I'm sorry. Oh God, here we like, go. Wait, <laughs> thank, thank you for picking me apart. Awesome, but no, he was he he didn't make any excuses. He knew what he was and he knew what he had to do and he did it and I think that's cool and I, I think that all the other characters had depth and insight <laughs> and I'm just gonna stop right there. Hey, so bro, why don't be handing you an IOU? Yeah, uh, I was just gonna say, give him an IOU. I just can't win. Okay, wait. We had next a question from Gundam Rider. What's your name, Gundam Rider? No, Roy. What's your question? I wanted to know if you guys knew what the thing was with Gundam Unicorn. What's with the red flashing stuff? Oh, Is that's that like what, a psycho, psycho flame thing? It, it's a psycho frame. Yeah, it's a psycho inside frame. Of, mobile yeah. suit. So, yeah. So that's it. Doing cool things for the model kits. Yeah. Any other questions? It's the, it's, it's the menopausal here. Gundam. Yes, sir. Hold on one second. Menopause mode. Yes, sir. What is your name? Uh, Juan. What's your question? Uh, where do you think the master grade line is going to go now? Do you think they're just going to keep going with the unicorn or double O? Oh, I would imagine. Yeah. Definitely, you know, yeah. whenever um, they have a new TV show on, they're going to start milking that as soon as they can for uh, master grade. You know, you got your master grade Exia that's coming out. Uh, you've already had a few uh, unicorn master grades, so... I don't doubt that you'll see more unicorn master grades. You'll probably also see as they alternate between like, you know, doing a couple of kits from shows that haven't been touched on, you'll probably be seeing some master grades from shows from the same era as Unicorn. Maybe they'll throw out some more Shards Counterattack or some double Zeta or Zeta stuff that hasn't been put into uh, master grade form yet. Yes. Are we getting the X? Oh, well, probably hold Gundam your breath. I, I wish I knew. I mean, 
I mean, I, I love Gundam X, and I was so happy that they made a fixed figuration for it a while ago. Well, it's better than nothing. So I saw a question over here. Don't worry, the uh, Chinese factories are probably busily building many master grades right now for you. Because I, I think they would they sold about a million of the white one, like Something worldwide, like yeah. yeah. And then they brought the black one. So next we have a question from uh, Pasu Sumikon Chairman Edwin and noted Street Fighter loser. Oh, damn! You didn't have to bring that up. <laughs> Sorry, man. I've, I'm hanging. I've been hanging around Austin too much. You just put homie on what's, blast. What's your question? Wow. You know, first of all, I, wow. I don't even know how to how to retort to that. That's pretty. You know what? It's okay. I'll be ready for info. It's all good. You, I'm going to call you out. I'm going to call you out. Who, Street me? Fighter 4. Who me? We're going to do a rematch, and this time I'll make sure that I, oh, I won't start drinking beforehand. Oh, we're going to have to break. We'll have the Street Fighter triathlon. Street Fighter 4, Street Fighter 3, and Blaze Blue. It's on. Oh, Study oh, up. oh, oh damn. Okay. Wow. Folks, the, wow. the, the challenge has been laid down. It's on. The gloves have been slapped across the faces. <laughs> What is your question? I, actually, you should just bet him if a show's good or not. You'll probably win that bet. That's the better oh, bet to man. win. All right, so my man Zambot three. My question about Double uh, O is: Why is it that that Soul Bro hyped up Saji? Saji, Saji, Saji. Crossroach. Yeah, yeah, the the what what happened to King Arthur? What what happened? He, he, yeah, no, please he, explain. Actually, driver? we never what did happened? touch this. He got his woman. Yeah, this is all you, Soul Bro. <laughs> He, he, this is all you. I'm setting this one out. He saved the day, man. He, he, so he went from delivering pizzas to delivering um, to, Trans Am. No. There you go. No. He, there you go, dude. It doesn't make any So wait. He so rocked, he went to space. He, on, let me get this right. He rocked He's, the back seat. All right. So so he kept the back seat warm. That's right. And and then and then in the end, he like screamed for Luis after she deleted all the photos. And guess what, man. And, and then, and then apparently got the girl from sitting in the back seat. And now he's, in, now he's and, between the sheets. And did the job. There you go, done. And did the same job that Haro could do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, what's up with that? No, hey, seriously. Actually you actually had another you guy set me, fight his You battle set me up him. so high, and then you let me down so much. Hey, you know what? I understand. I, I did set you up. I, 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 I pumped, up, I pumped Saji up. I was Saji's hype man. The you know what? King. The double O movie's coming out. We'll see you in 2010. All right. <laughs> and, and one... One last, uh, one last thing. I, I do believe that I owe it to everyone that to say, hey, you know, it's it's true. Um, Lelouch died, and Suzaku did it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's true. I don't know if they did bringing, bringing, bringing out our, 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 our memes here in front of everybody. Why are, why are you t stealing my tagline of Lelouch is dead? You stole Neil's lines, man. I'm t uh, the dude in the crate, man. It's not Lelouch. Let it go. Let it go. Just some homely dude. So uh, I think I know? think. Oh, dang! You'll never come to a, You'll never listen to Gundam again. I, I think Solbro, we should uh, we should enlighten some of our uh, audience members here about the legend of King Arthur because Solbro um, finds an affinity with um, weak-willed losers I in do. every show that he watches. The we C have yet to determine why. The C-level character and the C and, and level um, character. it started with Cameron Fry from Ferris Bueller. When when we when we started reviewing Double O, uh, he very uh, boisterously described um, the story of Saji Crossroad as being like the legend of King Arthur. Hey man, he was. He was and like, let me tell you, this insanity has gone so far yeah. that if you go to TV Tropes and you look up anime nicknames, right there, under K, it says King Arthur Gundam's name for Saji Crossroad from Double O. <laughs> 
that is how far this insanity with King Arthur has spread because of this man and his obsession with weak-willed pansies. Hey, man, he's the average man that rose up. About an inch, but he rose up. That's... I, <laughs> Let, let's let's not even let's not even let's just let that let dead dogs Gosh. lie on this one. Oh, well, yeah, we'll be discussing that more yeah. in the haters versus. So, do we have yeah. any more questions about Gundam before we uh, wrap things up? Wait, one more, oh, question. One more question. All right. Hold on, he's gonna come on over. Hey, what's your name, sir? Esteban. What's your question? As fans who have been around for a little while, how does this 30th anniversary compare to the 25th? I guess five years ago, in terms of you know just the scope of the marketing. Well, uh, for the 25th anniversary, they didn't really uh, play it up too much. You had um, Sea Destiny, uh, and you had Igloo. So, Igloo, good. Happy 25th, Sea yeah. Destiny. Sea Destiny, happy 25th. Yeah, I've noticed that with Gundam, they tend to play up the uh, the 10th anniversaries more. So, you know, the 10th anniversary in 89 was a big deal. They had double uh, 0080. So that was the event for that. For the 20th anniversary was the Big Bang Anniversary Project, which they made a nice logo for, and they were plastering that on everything, and they had uh, Turn A Gundam bringing back Tamino. And unfortunately, they had G-Savior. So not everything always goes well. I don't know. It it looks like it's pretty big, though, because, I mean, if you think about all the money and time that they put in to build that statue, and, you know, that's... um, you know, especially right now in the economic times of just the world and everything's cutting back and the fact that, um, you know, they were able to do it. I mean, Bandai is a strong company, though. Thank God for, you know, models and Power Rangers over here. So it's like they have, the, they have plenty of money to do that. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's funny is, is um, I think they're probably doing it in more of a subtle but yet boisterous way because I've seen the pictures of the, uh, the 60-foot-tall Arc 78 in, like, other websites, you know, other things outside of uh, just, um, you know, anime or, like, video games or something seen, like yeah. that. I've so. seen them talk about it on um, Jimmy Fallon, too. They what, actually brought that up. And the giant ga- Well, the that's, giant that's not a, I don't know if that's well, a, when an you see, honor of Gundam to be talked to about on Jimmy Fallon. When you, well, see, the, uh, when you see the Gundam so show painful. up on websites like Gizmodo that have nothing at all to do with yeah. anime or mm-hmm. Gundam, then you know that something like that has, has crossover appeal. So I would say the 30th anniversary is the, the biggest, biggest one. one so far yeah. that they're putting the most push behind. Yeah. They're doing it subtly, but it's it's getting a lot of buzz, and, and you know, and sometimes it's better to have um, you know other people do the promotion for you instead of doing it yourself. So, but um, and if you haven't seen it, like we said earlier, if you saw, it, see, look at some of the pics; they're pretty impressive. I, I mean, the detail in, in what they did. I mean, it was uh, especially the stuff at night, like Chris said, and makes the noises and the squeaks and the you know whatever those other metallic sounds are. It's it's creepy awesome. and. I'm going to uh, solicit a question from our friend Andres, a uh, noted Gundam modeler. And if, for people here in the uh, audience, you should visit his uh, Gunpla panel at 8 o'clock. Heck yeah. Panel room one, 8 o'clock. There will be a live building and painting of an SD00 Gundam. So, uh, oh, X, yeah. Sorry. So nice. Uh, nice. toss us, toss us a question, Andres. All right. That's what I have. What do you think is going to be more likely? Gundam makes a comeback in America or Megas XLR gets a season three? Oh. <laughs> Gundam, I think Gundam comes back, come back in America. I, uh, I'd, lo- I'd love to see Megas come back. Wow. That's, hey. like, that's, like a, that's a no-win scenario. I, I think... Um, I think you've got to think about one, seasons one and two on DVD first before you get a season I, I, I think, three. 
I think we'll get that second half of season two of Gargoyles on DVD before either either of those first two happens. Uh, now you're talking. Yeah, G- Gundam's popularity in the U.S. You know, has they had it? It had its time with uh, Gundam Wing. Bandai screwed it up by trying to force old Gundam on fans who didn't want to see that. And uh, they paid the price for it, and ever since then it's just kind of been chugging along, but has never hit that critical mass that Wing did nine years ago. Mangus XLR, well, Cartoon Network. Cartoon Network likes to ruin things that are good by canceling them. So, Ouch. another question. Oh. All right. All right. I guess it's more for the audience, just a little debate for you guys. What do you think was more of a letdown? Um, end of Gundam Seed Destiny, the last 15 episodes, or season two of Gundam Double O? Okay, wait. I'm gonna go back. I'm gonna go over to uh, Mr. Yeah. Zambot, since he has. He seems to have an opinion about this. We'll, we'll get. Uh, we'll get his thoughts. And then, and Sobro will have that IOU for you at the end of the. Uh... So, 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 uh, Mr. Zambot, uh, tell us: worse, the last 15 episodes of Destiny or season two of Double O? Destiny, because Destiny is on a whole nother level of bad. Thank you. That's like that's like Code Geese level bad. Whoa! Oh, damn! <laughs> Hold on there, Sonny. Damn, son. Separate, separate level of terrible. Well, double O is like... It's just regular matter. We need to hire him. What's that, Mr. Mr. Ryder, son? I, I, think, I think Code Geese is better than Destiny. What about uh, last 15 of Destiny versus double O season 2? Uh, probably double O season 2. Be better. Be better. Be better. Be better. I'd, right. I'd agree with that. Well, see what you started, Soul Bro. At least it didn't me. At least the, the second season of Double O didn't meander like like Destiny. Yes, Destiny really is that bad. Yeah. I didn't meander. It was nothing but flashbacks. It was like that's, deja that's, vu. That's, all that's over how it meandered. Again. I think we've had this lively discussion about Gundam. We can uh, close things out. So uh, for the folks in our audience, we're going to take a very short break, and we're going to be coming back and talking about Transformers: Revenge of the Fallen. You are listening to Gundam at MHQ. I have been having a very bad day. Just got out of jail this morning. Already I have been shot at. I was on the bus that flipped over 17 times. Bitch tried to stab me in the bathroom. Somebody blew up my Porsche. I am in a bad goddamn mood. Now I usually don't jump in when somebody's getting beat down. But this man Jack Cage is going to help me straighten out the rest of my day. Now I suggest you all back up and let us go about our business. Because you got a gun? No, because I have a gun and I pop a cap in your ass. Need a cake but you don't want something boring from the local supermarket or bakery? In the South Florida area, try EpicSugarWorks.com. This bakery specializes in creating cakes based off of your favorite anime series, video game character, or whatever custom design you're looking for. Their online store also features anime and video game themed chocolate lollipops, as well as gift certificates if you want to give something to somebody. So if you're looking for a cake that's above the norm, go to EpicSugarWorks.com. It's epically delicious. Open. Goddamn it! Open! Prime, you said the Matrix would light our darkest hour. Magnus! I want the Matrix! Never! 
This segment of Rundown at NAHQ is brought to you by Petco. All right, everybody, welcome back to uh, Gundam at MHQ, live from YasumiCon 2009 in Miami. This is Chris, and uh, hitting the middle of the show now, we're moving on from Gundam's 30th anniversary to our next topic, a discussion, a... Um, I, I lost my Bill Whipton uh, mojo I had there for a second. But uh, we're going to have a discussion about uh, Transformers, Revenge of the Fallen. It's a movie you might have heard about somewhere in the theaters, a little independent movie from a noted uh, independent director. Man, nobody saw that. No. It's, it's a small-scale movie. It's an intimate film. Uh, it's made some money so far. And how? Since it's so rare to have uh, Dale as a guest on uh, Gundam, I'm going to kick it right to him because he has uh, some thoughts you might say about uh, this movie. So why don't you tell us these thoughts, Dale? And of course, for the audience, we're getting into total spoilers about this movie. So if you haven't seen it, uh, well, whatever. Well, I'm sorry. And and we'll, and we'll give you we'll give you a spoiler IOU. Yeah. You can spoil us about something in the future. So Dale, please enlighten us with your well, thoughts about this. It's less of a discussion and more of a disgust. Oh. Uh, well, wow. let's see. Round of applause. Who liked the movie? I liked it more than the first one. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Damn. You tricked us. Anybody who didn't see it in IMAX think the last half was quite a bit of metallic vomit flying at the screen and had a hard time following it? Okay. Jesus Good. Christ. It's like Austin is in here. He's hovering over you, but he's not. Christ. If it was edited into watchable length, I don't think it would fit a 22-minute episode without commercials. Damn. Oh, man. Just a couple thoughts I have on it. I'll pass it to the rest of the panel for some more enlightenment. A couple of thoughts? Yeah. How can we follow this up? And toss it to the audience at the end and see what they It's like do. I walked in on my mom and dad. <laughs> oh. I don't even know what your parents look like, but oh, God. Well, it doesn't matter what your parents look like. It's your mom and dad. Dale, please. Dale, continue. channel your hatred. Let it flow through you. Okay, more specifically, get into specific points. Uh-oh. Remember the part where they said the Prime sacrificed themselves to protect the Matrix? Did anybody think that didn't really help, that all they do is poke a hole in the wall and grab the damn thing? <laughs> did they really have to die for that? It, it, did anybody notice the bad makeup at the end when uh, the main character died and half of his cheek was sticking out? <laughs> kept and noticing magic- the bad makeup on it. And then magically was gone when he was revived? I don't think you can really die in a Transformers movie. You just stab yourself with random bits of metal and... Well, if you're jazz, then life. yes, you really do die. Yeah. Spark can turn to dust and still reconstitute itself. Any other issues? So, Dale, tell us, what do you really think? What yeah. I really think? Yeah. What do you really, really think? I think Compared- I saw a bunch of people under 16 falling asleep in the row in front of me. Ouch. Seriously. Wow. Jeez. Okay, um... Dale, enlighten us. In comparison to some other big action comic book well, Yeah, you and I were movies. debating this. What is this movie worse than? We were debating worse than Spider-Man 3. We couldn't come to oh an agreement. God, really? I, I rated it below Spider-Man 3. And you also wow. rated it against some that. other movies worse than them. Please tell us below what those were. Terminator Electra? Salvation, below the Star Wars prequels. Prequels collectively? It doesn't matter. <laughs> Damn. Worse than The Matrix, the sequels? Oh, yeah. Come on. So, tell us something else uh, that you thought this movie did wrong in a big way. Didn't I already? Just now? <laughs> More. Everything? <laughs> Everything. Tell us, was there anything that this movie did right, other than end? Yeah. I kind of liked the battle in the forest a little bit. Probably the best fight, I would think, wouldn't you say? It was pretty... It was when Prime died. That was the best part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that was good. Okay, so, uh, Mr. Mr. Armchair Director, tell us... Um, 
how would you have made this movie better? And you cannot answer, I wouldn't have made it. <laughs> how would you have that made this movie better yeah. working with the same story? Yeah, maybe make it closer in line with some of the storylines that explored the animated universe. I mean, there's plenty of great stories you can collect from there. They don't have to reinvent it. There's already some good plots. Like what? Oh, they could have done the whole Unicron thing, even That's though they said true. they would never do it, but now yeah. they're probably going to have to because I can't even think of where they're going to go from this. They can't use Megatron <laughs> a third time, can they? Sure they can. Wasn't he kind of a lackey in this movie? Did anybody like that? It was. He was a bitch, basically, wasn't he? Yeah, wasn't yeah that wasn't good. I, I might as well uh, impart some of my thoughts, which... Uh, you're a little more generous than I was. Just a little bit. <laughs> I, I hate to hear what you're going to think I am. <laughs> I enjoyed the first movie. It had some flaws, and I was hoping that a second movie would uh, fix those flaws. I never thought that the second movie would exacerbate those flaws. Ouch. <laughs> Number one, uh, the movie could have been like 40 or 45 minutes shorter and yeah, would have yeah. been all the better for it. All of this crap of uh, Sam getting... I've already getting, been to college. I don't need to... Getting ready for college and his mom with the booties and then his mom with the freaking weed brownies. It's like, oh my God, what... Humping dogs. What the sh Humping dogs. Oh, my God. I don't know. It's like the, the humor in this movie. You know, I, didn't ex I don't expect a movie like this to be all serious business, but if you're going to be funny, at least be actually funny and not just cheap forced attempts at humor. Like, say, uh, two certain characters by the name of Skids and Mudflap. Oh, boy. We might, as well, we might as well get to that now that we're here before I continue with my thoughts on the movie. So... There's been. I I I I'd like to interject on that. Go ahead. I I, I had, and by the way, I, I like the movie, so it, we'll just preference that. But the um, I didn't like it as good as the first one, but we'll get in more of that. But the skids and mud flap thing, I had heard the whole rigmarole when it came to all that, and yeah, I, I had as a white man, I was feeling a white man's guilt when they started <laughs> talking about how um, they didn't like to read. <laughs> And uh, I can't really remember all of it, but... Um, Michael Bay doesn't even deny it in the interviews if you've read them. He's like, all no, right, he so what? <laughs> all right, I will defend... Okay, this is where I'm having a problem with the it. The Michael Bay apologist. Yes. Neo. I'm a big Michael Bay fan. One of my favorite movies is Bad Boys 2. It's Ooh. one of the greatest action-adventure movies ever. It's like Dragon Ball Z, the greatest action cartoon ever. Same thing. You cannot deny the place it's put on the, uh, cinema history. But part of it I'd have to do is that writing. And I know that they added a guy that was like a big Transformers nerd. And I think in some ways that's what hurt it. Um, I the, think what made the first movie... Let me... Sobro's always freaking interrupting. Yes. Every damn um, time. Always. But um, what, made, what made the first movie good to me was the fact that it it had a cross appeal, but let's be honest. Those old, especially the old. I, I hear people talk about Generation One and all this. It was a toy cartoon. I'm sorry, just like uh, it's just like GI Joe and all that. You know, those are toy cartoons. So yeah, they probably had some good stories in it. But to you know to do something that's mass marketed, it wasn't the greatest story, but it was it was okay. Um, but I, I, yeah, Michael Bay. He's the director. I think a director sometimes is just like a quarterback on an NFL football team. They get all the they get all the accolades and they get all the you know uh, the negatives. I think the writing was very suspect when it came to it. And I'm not even a writing Nazi. I can go with a, a mindless show. It doesn't matter to me. So is he a quarterback with explosions? Yeah, he is. Great explosions. But I, I mean, it became a fetch quest again. And it was like, you know, this is like the Transformers RPG. And, you know, we got to go and, and grab this now. And, and then... You know, it's like you thought the AllSpark was the most powerful thing, and then now this thing is the most powerful Wait, thing. Wait, we're still on Skids and Mudflap. But I'll get back to Skids and Mudflap. It wasn't as bad as I thought it was, but it was very... It, if you watch some of his other movies, if you watch like Bad Boys 2, there's like racial humor all in it. So, But I don't know if it would work with robots, though. 
that's the thing that I had with it. It's one thing if a black guy is telling a white guy that he's, you know, sucks or something like that. But, yeah. you know, two robots and with a gold tooth. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're both Urban Night. I mean, I never saw I never saw Chicken George in robot form before. <laughs> it was like the robot minstrel show. But uh, the thing, the comparison between bad the boys. The only Autobot that can die is Jazz. Yeah. <laughs> well, at least Jazz has some sense about him. And I, I, I like Jazz's portrayal. I don't think Jazz was too... Too urban. I mean, he well, had he urban wasn't. flair, but these two. But he was the black robot that died. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, he, you know, but though he was, he, he was the black guy in the he horror was, film. He was the black robot that survived in the animated series. So I guess but we're not talking, talking about, about the animated, animated series. series. This is a way of being different. This is a way of being different. But in comparison, Skids and Mudflap, they're more caricatures, and I can see how that could be very. I know Michael Bay has a history of like showing racial stereotypes in his yeah. movies. It's no, it's, it's no secret. I mean, you look at Bad Boys, he made fun of everybody, which is the difference. Bad Boys, everybody got made fun of. What, this Michael movie. Bay unsubtle? <laughs> Very. But um, in this movie, not as much. And it, it, They're not it, as it, bad as Jar Jar Binks, so I, I won't say that much. I'll defend Michael Bay to a point. When this movie was turned in, when the script was turned in, it was a rough sketch, but they had to turn it in before the end of the writer's strike. It was turned in three days before the end of the writer's but strike. But their stuff wasn't and, in the script. Yeah, well, Their stuff wasn't in the script, and it was ad-lib, but they had to put in filler, and that's the movie's problem. It's very... It's it's strung together very weakly, and we'll get into that later. But Skids and Mudflap, offensive, but I didn't really, I really didn't get too upset because I'm used to Michael Bay films. So I would say that uh, you know, as as a white guy, that I of course heard about the controversy, and going in, I didn't know what to expect, so I kept an open mind about it. And I would say that at worst, they're just uh, bad stereotypes. Yeah. yeah. But what bothers me the most is that they're just really annoying, and that. Every second they're on screen is a waste of time that could have been developed in some other way. Yeah. You could delete these guys from the movie and it would make no difference. Could have added more 360 camera shots. A, a friend of mine yeah. mentioned they should have put in um, Blur and Sw uh, Springer, and those would have been two far interesting more robots to put in. Sure, why not? I mean, yeah. it doesn't matter. I mean, they could have just me being nitpicky, but it's like that would have been far cooler. But uh, speaking to the whole controversy, for me, the the one part that got like real, that was just like really bad was the the whole oh we don't do too much reading. That's like yeah, yeah. it's yeah. A, it's like oh when you hear that, it's just the way it was said. It's yeah. like just one step away from oh shucks, master, I ain't know nothing <laughs> about reading no books. Yes, um. Yes, um. Yes, um, Mr. Or, Charlie. Or, or, I, I just wants to suck some watermelons. You know, it's like those those really bad, like like racist Looney Tunes cartoons from like oh, the man. 30s and 40s that or are just like you, Gone with the Wind, or that you see them when you're a kid and you have no idea like what all of these stereotypes are, and then when you grow up and you see them again, you're like, God damn, these cartoons were <laughs> racist as shit. Like the World War II Japanese guy with the big teeth and the oh glasses yeah, and the and the big eyes and the big yellow, yeah, everything. So Tom and Jerry's master. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know. This is like that. That one line to me was probably like the worst, but otherwise I would just say that they're just really annoying stereotypes that are a waste of time. So, things about the movie, going back in a general sense, uh, aside from there being too much filler, I felt that basically the plot was just a rehash of the first one because yeah. in the first one you had the All Spark, which is this all-powerful Transformers artifact that's on Earth that no one knows about, and both sides are fighting to gain control over. Mm -hmm. Now you have the uh, sun zapping thingamajig that um, is even more powerful that no one knew about and both sides are fighting over which makes you wonder what the hell are you going to do in the third movie some even more secret thing buried somewhere that no one knew about that is connected to Sam Witwicky and 
whatever. I don't know. Yeah, they better check under all the monuments because it seems like the wonders of the world have giant robots or giant machines or devices under them. They should just go ahead and check them now. Yeah. Another thing, um, at times I was wondering, am I watching Transformers Revenge of the Fallen or U.S. Military Revenge of the Fallen? Yeah, they seem to be a lot more effective in this movie, didn't they? In the first movie, they didn't have any effect at all against them, but in this cause, one. Because um, as, as our, our uh, Yasumi Khan, Khan chair, Pedro Cortez, put it, uh, it's a whole bunch of uh, Michael Bay military fan wanking. What's well, a because recruitment film? We know, we know that Michael Bay loves the military, and they love him since... In the first Transformers, it's the first movie to ever feature the actual F-22 Raptor for filming. Oh. Not CG yeah. like was done with um, Iron Man in 2008. So they love him, and he loves them, and it shows because it's like if you like your army porn, you got everything. You got your gunships. You got your helicopters. You got your tanks. You got your armor personnel carriers. You got your rifles. You got like every freaking like, military porn ever. Like, you could edit out, like, all of the Transformers, and you just have, like, like I don't know how many hours of nothing but, like, military wanking, if that's what gets your gun going, if you know what I mean. So I would say, yeah, it bothers me that in the first movie, the military had such a hard time fighting Transformers, and I like that to show the difference in technology and in scale and ability. Mm-hmm. But in this movie, you got, like, cannon fodder Decepticons getting taken down by handheld rocket launchers and tanks. <laughs> And it's That's like true. you can't even tell, like, in some, in some of these shots, like, when they're having this big, ginormous battle in Egypt. Yeah, what's killing who? Yeah, like, what's killing who? Is it the Transformers are doing the killing, or, or is it uh, the U.S. military? So I would say for the third movie, a lot less U.S. military. Uh, another thing, the thing about big action movies is once you do a big action movie, obviously when you do a sequel, the, you know, the obvious desire is to outdo it. Mm-hmm. with more explosions, more action. And the first movie left a lot to, um, you know, to top because that was a huge battle they had in L.A. there at the end. But in this movie, uh, with this battle in Egypt, it's like, it's just crap exploding everywhere for the sake of exploding. And it's like, there's almost too much happening. And I found that I enjoyed the final battle a lot less than I did the forest battle in the middle. Yeah. That, to me, was the highlight of the movie. And another thing, uh, The Fallen... And they make such a big sink out of this guy. And, of course, he's, he's voiced by Tony Todd, who yeah. always is amazing in everything he does. Candy man. They make such a big sink out of this guy, and he's in the movie for, like, five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> he just shows up at the end after a few cameras at the beginning, then gets his ass kicked. And it's like, wait, this is one of, like, the primeval Transformers from the very beginning, and he's just some cheap little bitch who got killed like he was nothing? Yeah, the fight with him was shorter than the fight in the forest. His and face melted. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, as Dale mentioned, um, I also didn't like the idea of Megatron being some other guy's little bitch. Yeah. Because, you know, in the original Transformers, it's like, yeah, in, in the 80s movie, he had to become uh, Unicron's bitch, but it was either he, that. Under protest, that yeah, or die. It was under protest. It was either like, you be my bitch or you're destroyed. And, you know, he, he fought against, you know, being Galvatron. And even then uh, he rebelled. Unicron's yeah. bitch as much as he could. And if you look at any other Transformers, whether it's Beast Wars or Animated or any of these other incarnations, Megatron is his own man. He is no one's bitch. Yeah. So that bothered me that he's... And he's also such a willing lackey, too. He's like, oh, my master, we will destroy the Autobots, blah, blah, blah. It's like, what the hell is this? 
that really destroyed like the image of him being like a credible main villain because now he's just a henchman for somebody else. It felt like they brought him back for no reason. Yeah. 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 Uh, what I did like about the movie, aside from things like uh, the the forest battle and seeing some some more variety with the Transformers, um, it's only in small moments here and there, but I really enjoyed. Uh, the scenes where you get to see Starscream be Starscream. Yeah. yeah. Just being devious, kind of not being around, saying stuff like, uh, not to call you a coward, but, you know, sometimes cowards can survive. Stuff like that. And I really wonder if they're setting up for the third movie, uh, Starscream, to be a traitor because they're showing a lot more of his traits in this movie than they did in the first because in the first you know, most of the Decepticons, they're just there fighting. They don't really have much personality to them. So, bro, why don't you hit us with some more thoughts about Transformers since well, yeah, you haven't yet? Yeah, yeah, most of the most of the parts I would have um, I'd have talked about. But um, I did like the fact that they incorporated a lot more from the animated series than, than I expected. You know, the, the, like you said, the, the dynamic between Megatron and Starscream, you know, I was 100% from the TV show. And the Matrix, seeing that was cool. I mean, used differently, of course, but... You know, just just little elements of that. Um, I know people like to complain about the human beings in the movie, but I I honestly think um, a great deal of that is necessary because I want to see a hundred percent Transformers movie, but you do want to see how it has how it affects the humans. I'm fine but, with humans as long as they're interesting humans. Yeah, yeah, and and <laughs> I know the scenes that um, Neil brought up, like at the college and whatnot. Um, yeah, a lot of them were unnecessary. I know Michael Bay likes cornball humor, but I I don't know. Like uh, like seeing John Turturro in in a thong. Yeah, exactly. That was too close of a camera shot, wasn't and it? Like yeah. ass like ass in the camera out of nowhere. You're something just... out of Bruno, not Transformers. <laughs> I did like Turturro better in this movie than I did. So the did first. I. He he yeah. he was one of the comic relief pieces that I enjoyed along with um, with Wheelie. I actually enjoyed him, but oh, Buscemi, uh, always always a treat. But yeah, you're right. Um, and something Neo brought up to me, and I'll let you get further into it. The story structure was completely screwed in this movie. It seemed like, it seemed like one one thing after another. While the first movie was three converging storylines coming together at the end, and that's yeah. what made it neat. And Neo, I'll let you go into that more. Well, I actually, you know, I don't mind you know the military in there, but one of the best things I liked about the first movie was the the commando team. I think that they were a good part of it, and they were kind of the comic relief. And like you said, you were seeing how these guys are trying to fight these you know robots, and you know they're getting their butts kicked all over the place. Um, and then at the end, everybody's coming together. You know, the Autobots with um, Shalabow, and and then you know the the commando team's coming around, and those guys are like barely in it. I mean, they played such a big part in the in the first movie, and they, you know, they're the they're the humans that have the most experience fighting these things. But they were just like barely used. Um, the I don't know the the whole college scene was kind of it was too long. Um, it just it wasn't a bad movie. I mean, I wouldn't say it's a you know like what do you call it metallic vomit up there. I mean, it's. <laughs> It's it's not like that. I mean, I enjoyed the I enjoyed the last scene. Yeah, there you know it it was a little big and boisterous and, and a lot of stuff going on. But you know it, it just it did just kind of seem like a rehash of a story of the of the original of the original movie. And it, it must be doing all right because people are still going to it. Um, well, lots but, of things that are not very good make lots of money. Like yeah, so. Um, I, I just I would be careful what people wish for though because um, you know I don't know how the third one's going to be so you know and 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 everybody a lot of people sit there and say they don't want Michael Bay doing it but you know be careful what you wish for on that cause yeah you, you might get uh, McG or Paul W S Anderson <laughs> oh, nobody <man>. with initials. <laughs> 
So uh, <laughs> since we spent a lot of time talking about the robots and Solbro mentioned the humans, uh, some thoughts on the uh, the human characters? Oh, Dale? God. I still like um, I still Dale. Like, oh, I'm sorry. Not Solbro. Oh, my God. God, always Listen, interrupting. That's my job. I mean, I like Shy in the first one. I still liked him in this one. He's a likable actor. Mm-hmm. You know, but it wasn't about the human characters, really. I mean, it was just about running. Even Megan Fox in interviews has said, when you go to a Michael Bay movie and you're auditioning, it's not about the acting. It's about how much you can run, scream. Which got into a, they, The two of them got into a little tiff, which uh, he responded basically like, well, she's 23 and she's stupid, so whatever. Dang. And she can't act. Well, he's known as that kind too. of an ego, so he, he say is. what you will about Michael. Paul, uh, you next so that we punish Solbro. All right. Um... The humans, um, like I said, I, I thought the, the commando team was underused. I thought they were a great part of the movie in the first movie. Um, you know, his mom and dad, yeah, they're funny, but there was like, it almost seemed kind of forced to have them in there. Um, well, apparently uh, their part was beefed up from what it originally was supposed yeah, to be. So. And, then, and then at the end when they're, you know, used as like, um, you know, hostages, it was like, what the heck is this? Um you know, and, and the John Totoro's character was a lot better. He liked him more than, than the first one. But And then uh, his roommate. I don't know even why they had that guy there. I mean, just to get yelled at by skids and wheel or skids and uh, what? Mudflap. Mudflap. To be, to be made their bitch. Yeah. <laughs> and he'll be in the third one, too, if you liked him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When you're the bitch role. of the bitch robots, what does that say about you? Yeah, pretty Not much. Not much. Um, I don't know. I mean, it, it, they they... It didn't seem like there was a good melding. They kind of seemed out of place. I mean, and and then my bit, my my only big real gripe is Robot Heaven. I don't understand how Shia LaBeouf can go to Robot Heaven and and see all the primes. And why wasn't Optimus there? Because wasn't he dead? Didn't he go to Robot Heaven, or is he a Robot Purgatory? He was in Robot Purgatory. He was jazz. <laughs> he was transitioning. <laughs> Maybe he was in Robot Hell. So. Um, when it comes to humans, a lot of people complain about how they want to see more Transformers. I don't mind humans as long as they're entertaining. I really liked the commando team from the first movie. Yeah. Shia LaBeouf, I don't care for him too much because every movie Shia LaBeouf is in is Shia LaBeouf playing Shia LaBeouf, running around, freaking out about Shoosh. happening, yeah. <laughs> which certainly happens in this movie. It would have been somebody else anyway. Um, Megan Fox can't act. If her life depended on it. At least she knows and, it. And I don't know if anyone knows it because it's really like annoying and it's just so obvious. In, in Egypt, when they're running around and there's crap blowing up all around them, Shia's all like dirty and bloody and scratched up. And Megan Fox, there's not a speck of dust on her. Like she's just waiting for like the magazine photo shoot. <laughs> like, like she just has this impenetrable like hotness field around her that not even like Decepticons can pierce by blowing up buildings and people and crap all around them. Uh, the parents uh, I thought were like I said with the humor very annoying very unnecessary there was no yeah. need to have them in it so much and that whole thing of them being kidnapped and used as bait it's sort of like as an afterthought. Yeah. Like they, they disappear and then 40 minutes later they show up and it's like these are hostages for two seconds. Yeah. Um, the roommate, annoying, but less annoying by the end of the movie. Uh, John he Turturro. Had no lines. <laughs> I liked him. He was pretty cool. Um, that was my thoughts of the humans. You know, in the future, I'd like to see more of a balance and, and less, uh, less annoying characters like, you know, 
roommate sidekicks. And the other sad part of that movie was seeing that Audi RS get sliced down the middle at the beginning. <laughs> I was, as a car fan, I about cried. You mean uh, sideways? I don't know who it was. That's but who it was. I, he's, he's got a toy, but he never even got to be in his robot form in the movie. How sad is that? I, didn't he, wasn't he a robot when he crashed he got, through? He crashed through the building, a robot for like three seconds, and then yeah. he just got whatever, sliced yeah, in but half that by sideswipe. The fact of the RS getting destroyed was sad enough. So, uh, Solbro, your, your thoughts on the humans? Um, I just, I, I think that um, the, the military team got underused, and I think that um, that fetch quest lasted a little bit too long. I like Shia. I, 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 there's some actors in Hollywood. Is he that, your boy? No. But <laughs> some actors no? Are, are you sure about that? He might be. He might be. But um, in, in Hollywood, some actors are hired because of who they are, and some actors are hired as character actors, and I, can, I understand the complete difference between the two. Um, Michael Bay films, I don't expect to see character actors in there, and if they are, they over sometimes overact. So uh, it's kind of a turnoff. But Shia was himself. I, I hope he does branch out and become, um, you know, do other roles, and maybe he will. But that that uh, the future will hold that. But um, that's it for me on characters. So at this point, like we did with the uh, Gundam segment, I'd like to uh, turn the mic over to the audience. So uh, just raise your hand if you have a thought about uh, Transformers. I'll come to you. Oh, man. Okay, we'll come to our uh, VIP winner, Doug. What's uh, what's your thought about Transformers? Well, I, I enjoyed it. I've been a Transformers fan since you know the very beginning. I liked the first one. The one thing that bothered me about the humans is they mutiny against the military. I don't know if you noticed this, but you know they take a representative of the elective government and drop them over Kuwait so they can go <laughs> off and do their own thing. Yeah, and it's kind of out of character. They've been you know com- completely pro military the entire movie, and then all of a sudden, okay, we got to get to the end of the movie. Let's chuck you know. The bad guy from Ghostbusters won out the plane, so we can get so we can get on with this. <laughs> yeah, in this case, the that that stereotypical annoying government guy, and this actually was a bit of a minor controversy as well. Not as much as Skids and Mudflaps, because um, you know most of the time you see in these uh, action movies when you see like a president, it's usually a fake president or just a caricature of the current president from like you know like, from behind, so you don't actually see their face. Like the first one where you see his feet and he wants a he wants a ding dong. Yeah, and you can tell that's like that's sort of like a caricature of George Bush. In this movie, uh, though, and this might be the first movie to to have him, uh, they show President Obama, you know, on screen in a video and mention him by name. Yeah. So you know, there's people wondering if Michael Bay is taking a dig at Obama because you know the president, which is him, sent the annoying government guy to be on the ass of the military team, and then they got rid of him and basically like. <laughs> Mutinied against this, so um, do any of you guys have any thoughts about that? If uh, I, I hadn't really thought about that, if base taking a knock yeah. at uh, Obama, I don't know. If that and was, if it matters, I mean, if it was in the original script, it might have not been an intentional knock. But um, because yeah, the script was written like last year in '08, so no one actually knew the winner of the. Um, com- but it could have been something that he did that he added later on. So um, yeah, it could have been because it's it's one mention of his name and a quick shot of two seconds of like a video playing in the background somewhere. Exactly. So that's like a last minute thing you can do and pick up. What do you guys think? Barely even noticed it actually. Yeah, I did, I'd be honest, I didn't really notice it either. It's not long enough to be an intentional dig, I don't think. Yeah, I think I think I think some people are a little too sensitive on something like Douche that. Douchebags work everywhere. Who knows? I mean, he knocked. <laughs> he very obviously took a knock on on Bush. You know, sitting back in the plane asking for the dead yeah. dogs in the first one. So yeah. maybe and he's then, just an equal opportunity offender. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, the Zambot had a question. This guy right down there. Uh, we'll go to come to you first okay. since you're right here. What's your comments? I've been a fan since I was a little kid, and honestly, I thought it was a little bit disappointing to see how devastated it was taken out by yeah. just 
two little peon Autobots. Well, it wasn't even them because the uh, the U.S. military fired their secret railgun. Secret railgun? I mean, come on, dude. Devastator was like the most powerful force that the uh, Destructicons ever had. I mean, not Destructicons. The you weren't more offended by his his balls. He had big balls. Balls like balls bigger than Grimlock. I mean, come on. The entire Dinobots couldn't take him out. Fortress Maximus couldn't do anything against him, and yet all of a sudden, a, a secret railgun that they developed and like two Autobots fight him like hand to hand. That's why you got proud to be in the USA, man. <laughs> I'm proud. Join the I, U.S. military. I, fight I, I was I was proud when I saw the U.S. Yes. military take out fictitious robots. <laughs> it was a crowning achievement. The cruisers finally got payback. Yeah. Yes, sir. What's your name? My name's Jason. I, I don't get it. In all of Transformers history, there was only one female, one motorcycle. Where did three of them come from? They all look the same and have no mentality of their own. It, it's kind of like it's kind of like the Smurfs. <laughs> the, there were the, there were other female robots in the in the original TV show, like Alita One and whatnot. But I didn't like the fact they made RC three robots well, at the same time. She means seem more generic the, that way. The thing about RC is that they wanted to have her in the first one, but her transforming as just a bike doesn't put her in the same size scale as all of the other Autobots. So she'd be basically like 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 a most peta. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. the whole point of it is that, you know, she has three parts that combine to make her the same size as all of the other Autobots. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of debate about if they're three separate robots or if the other two are like um like uh Bits? just like drones or something. Yeah, the, 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 it doesn't it's matter a, though. She gets killed, right? But it one of them, one of them. Got killed. Oh, okay. the, the thing about the toy line is that uh you know, the toy line had the right name of uh, what's-his-face for the first movie that uh, brawl that Michael Bay insisted on calling Devastator. Yeah. I don't know. I, th- he, I think he just has a hard-on for, for devastating things. So <laughs> you have another question, sir? No, no, just, just, uh, <laughs> all right. So let's move on up here. We'll just uh, go down the line. Yes, sir, what's your name and question? Uh, Varun, it's not, um, it's not a uh, question really, just... Why devastator testicles? Why? I guess. I guess if you want to. Reap what you sow. If you want robot testicles, Michael Bay is your man. Apparently, that's that's what I'm hearing. And dog humping. And dog. And so, robot uh, humping. Robot humping question. Too. The movie was bad, but at least it wasn't. At least it wasn't steel. <laughs> okay, let me ask you a question. You have a point. Um, what's, what's worse, uh, Revenge of the Fallen or 00 Season 2? <laughs> hmm. That's tough. Oh. <laughs> uh, 00 Season 2. Oh, Damn. Damn. That's just heresy. I mean, yes, sir. What's your name? Me. Sorry. Mark. Go ahead. All right. Uh, I, am I the only person who feels that if the, the humans from Transformers 2 were in Terminator Salvation, that movie would have been 15 minutes long? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Dale, you saw Salvation. What do you think? What was the question? If the humans were in the, both movies? If the humans from Transformers were in Terminator Salvation, am I the only person who feels that that movie would have been like 15 minutes long? <laughs> Happy ending, everything? I, I hated Terminator Salvation as well, so. Ouch. Really comment on that. <laughs> He's just laying on the hatred. Yes. Um, Rob, by the way, um, I just want to say that I don't really hate the film, but I do dislike it a lot. And there, were, uh, let's just say this: this is the one movie I could nitpick to death. Dude. There's just too much, just just too much. But I would like to say one thing that I'm surprised no one has brought up: how awesome Ravage was. Seriously. You Ravage. mean you mean getting his spine ripped out? Please don't bring that up, please. 
Because that's awesome to see, but it's not awesome for him. The greatest character in that whole movie. He had to be murdered like that. Spinal surgery. I love him so much. I actually bought his toy, too. If, if he's the greatest character in the movie, what does that say about the movie? It's really that bad. Yes. I wanted to say that the, at the last moment when Optimus Prime was power linking with Jet, Jetfire, mm-hmm. awesome. That was cool. That was. You you have to admit that that last part was just. Last minute upgrade. Was like. It it kind of makes up a little bit for the indignity of how they they airdrop him twice when he's dead, like he's just a piece of shit, and just drop him on the ground, like like he's nothing. You know, could they have lowered him a little bit lower? They were almost on the ground. Couldn't they they have been a bit? Couldn't they have been a bit more gentle with this guy who basically was like the general? in command of the Autobots and they just toss him there like he's a piece of crap. Desecrate him twice. All right. Yes, sir. Do you think that you guys as Gundam fans and anime fans in general are maybe looking at this movie preconditioned to feel that humans should be in control of or somehow more powerful than the robots? And so this idea of sentient robots is sort of threatening to you and that's why you feel the humans are misplaced? Do you think robots should be like beneath us and just things? And that's why Transformers is just too radical and, and too unfathomable? No, I think, I think the opposite. I, I like the fact that the movie had a lot more lines for the robots. I would have rather seen a lot more dialogue between the robots in this movie than the humans because they came up pretty vapid. Um, the first movie, they were necessary. In this movie, they, were part of, they should have been part of the supporting cast. The Autobots and Decepticons should have had far more... Um, screen time. I, I think in this movie it should have been 75-25. So, okay then. Well, actually, if not pilots, what role would you like to see humans interacting with robots? Well, the, the, the problem that I have with the humans in this one is it just seemed like they were kind of... Um, Stupid? Yeah, they just... It, I, I don't care either way. I don't care, you know, I don't care, I don't care if it's, you know, if you have 100% robots talking or 100% of the humans, but it just seems some of the stuff with the humans in there just was unnecessary. I mean, um, and there wasn't, it almost seemed like there was less interaction even between the humans and the uh, robots than there was in the first one. I mean, there's a little bit with um, uh, when Prime gets interrogated by the, you know, the, the, the special advisor that comes in, but it didn't seem like, um, it just kind of seemed f- kind of flat. And I think our, you know, my gripe with some of the parts with the humans is just like they seemed out of place. And it's like, they were doing things that you know they didn't do in the previous movie, like the, like the commando team. I just think if you're gonna if you're gonna have them there, then you know have them as what they are. Don't just have them there just as an afterthought or just you know a link. So wait, wait. You mean the annoying government guy who feels the need to like spill out tons of classified information <laughs> yeah. so that Soundwave can overhear it and tell everyone like, hey, go get that AllSpark fragment. Yeah. Exactly. By the way, that is one of the things I did like about this movie also is finally having Frank Welker as uh, Soundwave. Yeah, that was good. nice. It was nice to finally hear him. It's like, damn, if only he'd been Megatron. I liked him as a satellite, too. I thought that was a good choice. I'd like to see him actually do something in Part 3, though. Wow. So I would say in response to your question, uh, I'd like to see like cooperation, which is the way you see it in a lot of other series. It's like you have you know, these giant robot aliens you know, why do humans think that they can fight them on the same level? If you have other giant robot aliens that are on your side and wanting to help you, 
Why not let them take care of it? Which is kind of like the hands-off attitude that humans have in the original cartoon. It's like, you guys do your robot fighting. We'll just kind of sit here and let you all sort it out. You know, it's like, and that just makes it more annoying to have an annoying government guy come here like, what are you guys doing? What are you, the Autobots? It's like, come on. These are the only guys that are keeping you away from being wiped out completely. Why are you getting on their ass about it? So I would say that I would like to see, obviously in a movie you're going to see human characters, but I would like to see you know, the humans like, be more of a supporting role, like having the military help them rather than the military takes the lead and the Transformers help them. Because obviously the Transformers are better equipped to fight each other, so I would like to see the Autobots, like, when it comes to the fighting, you know, be doing more than, say, the military. So, yes, more questions. What's your question, sir? Well, I was going to kind of go with what you were saying earlier about with the humans. I think really with the, the whole thing with the guy coming with the president, I kind of look at that. To be fair, they were supposed to keep things a secret. And I think it was more not that he was picking Obama. I think it was just the way that guy's character was coming yeah. around. He was kind of trying to convey, like, you guys are supposed to keep this a secret, and you just completely wrecked the whole city. How exactly do you keep a secret, like like in the first movie, L.A. getting wrecked by giant robots and it's seen by thousands of people? How is it that that, was that a tornado? Was that an earthquake? How do you keep it a secret in Shanghai where you have a giant... They're making a Michael Bay movie. It was a military exercise. They got Michael Bay disease. Yes. Uh, I would agree with the earlier statement. This is a very good movie to nitpick. Yeah. One thing that bugged me is Skids and Mudflap having more screen time than Optimus Prime. Or Bumblebee. And, or Bumblebee, for one. And also, I just feel that I know Michael Bay loves his comic relief, but it was as if half or two thirds of the cast was comic relief. I mean, just counting off, you have the parents, you have the little RC car, you have the roommate, you have John Totoro, you have Skids and Mudflap. That's almost half the cast. And they're usually not funny. They, they, the movie, halfway through the movie, I was wanting the movie to end because it was just dragging on way too long. Exactly. As long, uh, along with the very, very, very long journey through Egypt before they actually get to what they're looking for. It's like, come on, guys, let's cut that down. Yeah, so follow up. Uh, I, I just had one question for the panel. I don't know if I overlooked it, but what happened to Barricade exactly? Because he technically didn't die at the end of the first movie. But they, yeah, they have him dial panel, but everyone else came back in this movie, and he was one of the toys in the first series that's coming out with this second movie, and I was like, where was he at in this movie? I noticed multiples of some characters, yeah. though, and I think well, they, they produce, like, generic models of these ones, so even though Barricade was in the first movie and They probably repainted screen, him as somebody else, because yeah, there is, like, uh, there is a, um, there's a new helicopter repaint yeah. Determined on Autobots. So I don't remember in the first. Scorponok did Scorponok die in the first movie? No, he just vanished. Because if he didn't, it would. It's like you. If you wonder like why didn't he show up in Egypt, that'd be like his perfect thing. So it's Michael Bay. He doesn't care about the details. So no, he, Scorponok did show up. Yeah, he did. Show yeah, he did show up towards the end. He showed up. He jumped right out the sand. Yeah. You see, that's the thing. It's like there's so much crap going on by the end. Like who can tell what? It's it's meta- metallic vomit. Yes. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen, but um, they released the Japanese dub cast, and they actually somehow made mudflaps and skids to be somewhat interesting. I don't know, for the panel, how would you react to this? Um, they're voiced by Kamina and Domon Kashu. 
Wow. <laughs> so they're like hot-blooded types. Then. And and the fallen oh. is voiced by uh, Giran Zabi. No. That fits. <laughs> That would I'm, actually make me want to watch the movie again just to hear that. What? I, I would like to know what the dialogue is because I imagine in the Japanese version they're going to be like getting rid of all of like American ghetto speak. Also, um, one of the other things, like you know, as you pointed out about like all the comic relief, why did it seem that all the comic relief have to deal with something humping something? Yeah, as is Michael Bay, because it's cheap and easy. It's it's low brain. It's totally like brain on autopilot. More filler. You know, you can you can make things that are that are actually funny, or you can make things that it's like, look, this is happening, therefore it is funny, like the dog raping the dog for People no reason. People landing on each other in awkward poses two or three or four times. <laughs> One more. What's your... All right. What was worse, Transformers Two: Revenge of the Fallen or Transformers Kiss? What? What? <laughs> okay. Okay, for people who don't know, Transformers Kiss, it was uh, this comic thing, and uh, it basically involved uh, Transformers being activated by cute little lolly girls uh, who kiss them. Uh, I've seen oh, the God. toys. I've seen no. the toys. I, I'm, I couldn't believe me. I could not make this up if I wanted to. Wow. I really couldn't. Could be the next movie for all we know. It could be. <laughs> yes. Uh, something hit me that you said earlier. Um, you couldn't decide what was worse than this movie. Um, are we forgetting the Dragon Ball movie? Oh. And, and yeah, the, and I actually, like, I had completely blocked uh, it out of my I mean, mind I know this was bad, it. but on, on a whole new level of bad, I mean, nothing can... I wasn't counting movies that made less than $2 million. <laughs> I'm just saying... Oh, damn. <laughs> I got one for you. I got it one. didn't even register the second weekend on the top ten. It yeah, was just I, I'm just saying, I mean, you couldn't decide what's worse. That's like perfect. Don't forget, don't forget about Chun-Li. Shit, like Catwoman and Steel and things that didn't even register as actual films. <laughs> it's in a totally different category. And don't, and don't, and don't forget, okay. about, the, don't forget so, about the legend. Don't forget about the legend of Chun-Li. That movie was equally bad. I, I, would, I would like to poll the audience at this oh. point, especially uh, if you're hardcore Transformers fans. Other recent Transformers production that just ended, Transformers animated on Cartoon Network. By sound of clap, which one did you like better? Transformers animated or Revenge of the Fallen? First, animated. And now Revenge of the Fallen. It's the sound of one hand clapping is what that is. Okay, let's go over to this guy. Now, I would like to know why it is that you like Revenge of the Fallen better and don't say because everything looks weird and animated. Is that what you, is that, is, is that what you were going to say? Dude, look at anorexic Autobots. What's up with that? Did you actually watch the show? <sighs> you see, this unfortunately... It may look different, but honestly, if you actually watch the show, you'd realize it's one of the best Transformers shows ever. Some people, man, there's so much hate in here. So much hate. And and pull the audience again uh, by round of applause, uh, the first Transformers movie versus the second. So by round of applause, the first Transformers movie, did you like? And again, Revenge of the Fallen. <laughs> well, speaking of hate, I, I think we got a hate, we got a hateful individual over here who's been dying to ask a question. We got, we, yeah, we got a hater number one here. What, what's your comment, Austin? I got one question. Why did he destroy the Matrix leadership? What was the point of giving him that at the very end, just to destroy it? I I don't know. <laughs> ask the this writers. Is, this is the same logic of of when you mentioned in, in the last. Uh, special, uh, that the first movie would have never happened if the Decepticons knew how to use eBay properly. 
We got time. We got time for two more questions. All right. What's your What's your question, Edwin? Okay. Well, I've I've had a couple observations as well as questions. I, I'm kind of there with with Paul with the whole like R6 getting cut in half right at the beginning. It was an R8. It's R8. Okay. Um, you need you need to get your cars hey, right first. I'm sorry. Look, we can't all be into like supercars. Although I did see the Citroen by GT, and I think that's a very sexy car. Man, but that's that's aside from all this. So Lord. my observation first of all is, was anybody else really annoyed? at the fact that this was a really large Chevrolet commercial yes. and could do no wrong. Like, honestly, like... Well, like, it was the, 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 yeah, last, the last, last movie, movie was. was. Yeah. yeah, it was all... Well, yeah, and here my thing was... But why, but why would you complain? As a why, taxpayer, you own you know, GM, so you need those cars to sell. <laughs> Government so, I mean, Motors. All right, that right wait, there is a, an afterthought. That, see, see, normally I wouldn't, I wouldn't complain, but I think some of the, the, the mystique of watching Transformers, especially when it comes to like Autobots, is the variety of different cars that they were. Like Some were Lamborghinis, some were you know, yeah, but American if, cars. If you, really, if you really think about it, that'd be if the, if the Autobots landed in like, uh, France. You know, right. you don't, you know, outside of certain places, you're not going to see that, you okay. know, those type then, of cars here. And then the second thing is, did anyone else also find it sort of strange that mud flaps and skids were designed to be these new uh, sort of hip, like, micro cars or subcompact cars to try to attract... Scion wannabes. The, yeah, yeah, like, like try, trying to attract the younger generation by, oh, look, we can associate with you because you can't read and we can't read and we're so ghetto and you're so ghetto. And, hey, you need to ride in these cars because they're so cheap and affordable. And, and you can yeah. hook them up. Oh, yeah, that's great. Just... Just, just driving these really small cars because you're just not smart enough to get a full size car. Like, that's that. It like insulted me on that level more so than the the racial level. Oh. Wait, how about this? How about the fact that these guys are so pathetic that they both combined to form a lame ass beaten up ice cream truck, <laughs> which fell apart. I mean, what was the point of that? So. At this point, uh, since we spent so much time on uh, Transformers, we don't have time to hit up our third topic of sequels. But uh, for the next um, five or six minutes, we'll just turn it over to general questions, and then we will uh, give away our prizes. So um, if you have any questions about robots, anything, whether it's Gundam, Transformers, whatever, just uh, send your hand flying up. All right, what's your question? Um, I don't know if you've heard the news that um, the solar uh Big O won't be able to come to the United States because of a name dispute. I, I mean, do you think there's going to be a lot of outcry about that? The Big O, they're doing a new toy of it and they can't come to the United States. We hadn't heard about that. Really? I am Are you serious? serious. I am absolutely serious. There's a name dispute with a tire company Who called Big O. I know. That's I know. just dumb. I, I, well, if you're I, the tire you know, company, you know, you know uh, these name things happen sometimes. Uh, you have the, you know, there's a Gundam Wing side story that was released here as the last outpost because in Japan it was called G Unit. So obviously that would be quite a name conflict and confusing here. So G Unit, or maybe Fifty Cent. I don't know. Any other general questions? Yes, we'll go to you first, sir. For the soundtracks of Mobile Suit Gundam to Shars Counterattack, did Shigeki Saogusa do all of the soundtracks from all of those shows, Zeta, Gundam, ZZ, all those? He did everything he did. from Zeta up to Shars Counterattack. Certainly did. And another question. Um, was the character Saogusa sort of like an in-show cameo of, like, of Saogusa himself, or was it just like a name coincidence? 
They might have just been using the name. I mean, a lot of times you'll see an anime like uh, they'll use the name of someone from the staff as, you know, um, a character. And for example, in uh, Destiny, you, you remember... Uh, no. Well, that was based off of Team Revolution. But um, Mir Campbell's manager, the weird guy with, like, the weird glasses, his name is King Takeda with at symbols as the A's in his name. But anyway, he's based after um, one of the producers of the show who was named Takeda. And uh, you have stuff like, um, you, know, car- you know, people cameoing in their own things, like Shoji Kawamori showing up in Do You Remember Love in a one-second cameo. So it's a common thing for people's names to be used as names of characters. I don't know if it was a reference to, you know, what Saigusa looked like or how he acted, but it's probably just like a little, little quick cameo thing. Yes? Do you see any more Full Metal Panic coming out? Well, uh, the novels have progressed quite a lot, so it certainly is possible. Uh, Kyoto Animation, they're busy now with uh, Haruhi, and you know, they seem to have been very busy the last few years with every like, moe thing under the sun. So I guess it would depend, one, on when their schedule clears up, and two, if there's still interest in Japan, because you know, it's been, what, like four years or five years since Second Raid, so... I like to, it depends. I'd like to add, I, I finally will be watching Full Metal Panic in the next couple of weeks, so we will be finally talking about it on the show. Welcome to 2002, Soul Bro. I know, I know. I'm finally waking up. <laughs> yes, Andres. Yeah. To go back to uh, about the big old Solo Chogokin, right. um, I wouldn't worry about not coming to America, because odds are by the time it gets here, it's going to be overpriced. Just go ahead and order from HLJ. Um, also, uh, another plug for the panel at 8. Come on by. <laughs> I'll talk about the Big O and a bunch of other things that are coming out. And I guess, like, my next general comment. Um, hmm, try and think. Ah. All right. Going back to another worst, then. Uh, what's worse? Would you rather watch uh, Transformers 2 or G Savior? Oh, Transformers, Transformers 2. Transformers 2 all day yeah, long. Yeah, I'll give you that. Transformers 2. <laughs> yeah. And the thing about Big O, you know, it's, it's simple. Like you said, screw the man, import it. And these three will be the last questions before we do the prize giveaway. So, Zambot, what's your question? All right. Tomino said in a, in a recent interview with uh, Anime News Network that the one thing he wants to see imported that he's done is Idion. Is there even a chance in hell of that happening? Oh, I don't no. know. No. I mean, okay, and here's a question for you. Uh, tell me what's worse, season two of Gundam 00 or an enema? <laughs> An anima. <laughs> All right. Oh, man, you guys are heartless. <laughs> Our good friend Juan, what's your question? Chris, question. Why don't you have Zoids on the site? Oh, no. Get the hell out of here. On the spot. Security. Where is security? This man is a criminal pedophile. Eject him immediately. He's very shady and suspicious. How do all those giant robots that are bipedal walk around and not fall over under the weight of their own machinery? Seriously? By the grace of Michael Bay. <laughs> Last question. Okay, so we're, we're uh, coming down to the end of uh, our two hours of fun here. So, All right, did you have a question? All right, so what's the question? Gundam. Who do you think would actually win hands down? Wing Zero or Shining Gundam? Both ultimate modes. Shining Gundam. Shining Gundam? I think so too. 
Okay, so uh, we're wrapping up the Gundam panel. If you stay here uh, at 6.15, we'll be starting up the Haters Versus featuring this gentleman. We'll be hating on all sorts of things and giving away more prizes. Oh, man. So for now, we'll start off with um, two complimentary passes to Regal Cinemas. And um, how should we give these prizes away, gentlemen? Trivia question. Trivia. All right. Or check under your seat if you got gum under it and tell me what flavor it is. I think I think that would be everybody in here. So, okay, wait. I I, I think I think I have the perfect horrible way to give away these tickets. Oh boy. Okay. This is very devious. I will give you these two tickets if you promise to watch season two of Double O again. And look at it with an open mind and email me afterwards and tell me what you think about it. You have to. You can't just take the tickets. <laughs> I, will, I will watch you in your sleep if you take these tickets. I'll do it just like a bitch if you want to watch it all. And then all right, so. <laughs> and then you'll owe him. All right, so here are the two passes for Regal Cinema. It would be appreciated if you visit this theater located nearby. Come to me after the panel. I will give you my email address, and we'll have a nice little email discussion. Congratulations. Zambot 3, everybody. <laughs> Where kids are dynamite. No. <laughs> Zoids can go to hell. No, not really. Damn. All right. I don't hate Zoids. It's just a long-running joke at MHQ that I don't feel like reviewing it, and people keep demanding, why don't I, why do I hate it? Isn't and it I a frequently it. asked question? It is a frequently asked question. At the top of the page? Yes, right after Evangelion. And I, I've, been, I've had this for seven years. Okay, give away more prizes. Okay, so, next, the VIP prize pack featuring the uh, little patch, the Glass Fleet Complete DVD Collection from Funimation, the Yasumikon Pen, and a t-shirt of uh, Shingu's Secret of the Stellar Wars. And VIP access to events. And a tote. And a little tote. And a little tote. How should we give this prize away? Should answer a 30th anniversary Gundam question. Okay. This is how we will give away this prize for Gundam fans. And don't shout it out like people always do. Raise your hand and I will call on you. Since we talked about Gundam Unicorn, two things you have to tell me. Number one, the name of the main character. I don't care how you pronounce it because it's a weird name. And number two, the model number of the Gundam Unicorn. And you are disqualified since you're doing panels, <laughs> Andres. Because that's too easy for you. So, if you know this information, raise your hand and I will call upon you. That's a goose egg. <laughs> okay the main character but I remember the main villain oh. sorry that's not yes who was who front does anybody else want to make an attempt the name of the main character and the model number of the unicorn Gundam you need an easier question I suppose we'll have to try again can someone name the three ships that Bright Noah was the captain of that might be harder we got some hands going crazy here on the hands left. Up. Okay, wait. So wait, what question are we going with? Um, I I I I just said it on my ass. He so just if said you want three to go ships with that. that Bright Noah was. Wait, wait, wait. This guy over here is raising his hand. Let's uh, 
And when I mean the three ships, I'm talking about the the, the, the starships that he was the captain of during times of war. White Base, Argama, and Rock Island. He's done it. <laughs> All right, congratulations. What's your name? Mark. Congratulations, Mark. Uh, we'll get you a VIP pass thing so you can have the access to events and awesome. uh, come out after the show and get your prize pack. So at this at this point, I would like to uh, just close the show by thanking everyone who came out and stayed here for all two hours. It's a very nice crowd this year. I'd like to thank uh, Yasumi Khan for hosting us as always. Absolutely. And uh, all of the assistance from our Khan chairman, uh, Pedro Cortez, hey. and from our panels director, Austin Blake. Hey, hey. So I uh, hope you all enjoyed yourself and stay tuned in... About 20 minutes, we'll be starting up the haters panel. We'll be giving away another prize pack, and we will be uh, laying down lots and lots of hate. You want to sign off real quick? Yes, and uh, thank you all for coming. You've been listening to Gundam at MHQ. Say something! Hold on, Aina! Don't die! This is all your fault. It was your fault that Aina threw her life away in the end. Time to wake up. Stop it, Aina. Don't do this. You wanted to be with him. Now you can be with him in death. You killed your own sister. I swear, I'll make you pay for this. That's doubtful, but it would be interesting if you came back to haunt me. I've always wanted to see a ghost. Gundam at MHQ is a Shinjuku station in the MHQ production. If you could do it all over again, considering the chance of your survival and the odds against your success, and knowing that at your very best, you could only be second best.